The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories for many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Welcome to Master Your Life, the show that gives you insight, inspiration, and intelligence on today's issues that affect your life. I'm co-host Dr. Howard Rankin, and along with my host, Leah Mattinson, we are here today. Again, very privileged and fortunate to have Dr. John Gray, who all of you will know from his epic, and I mean that, epic work, uh, Mars and Venus, Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus. John, great to have you with us, and today you're going to talk about uh, how you've extended and amplified the ideas of Mars and Venus in a new book. I'm so excited to talk to you about it, called Beyond Mars and Venus, because the relationships today are very different than 25 years ago when I wrote that book, and men and women are still men and women, and we still have misunderstandings, but the, the, the terrain of relationships, what we're dealing with, is very, very different today, and so I have new relationship skills for our complex modern world. Well, we're re- really excited for our listeners to be able to get their hands on this book, John, because the first book I remember sitting on my mom's shelf and that I'm sure that their 52-year marriage has had some impact on the work uh, that you wrote that many years ago. She, you know, the, in the, the world of do-it-yourself, this is the ultimate do-it-yourself guide because relationships are the most important thing we have in our lives, I believe anyway, and the most difficult to navigate. So let's just dive right into what's changed. What's different between 25 years ago and now? Well, let's look at it like there's two wings of a bird. And one thing which is different is the pace of life has speeded up. We're busy, 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 busy. And it's quite common for most women to feel overwhelmed and even starting to get that way for men. But typically, the woman's, we'll look about how women's hormones are different, how their brains are different. And when women are under stress, they tend to become overwhelmed. Uh, when men are under stress, they tend to become kind of hyper-focused and detached. Uh, and we'll look at that. But on one level, the world has changed. Everything is speeding up. On the other side of it, we have something we'll talk about in the new book, which is, Over the last 25 years, as women have sort of broken out of the box, you see, prior to the last 30 years, women were pretty much held in a box which said you can only do certain things as a woman. You can't do the things that men do. And men were in a box. 
that kept them from being, we might call their female side, and women were in a box that kept them from their male side. Now, suddenly those boxes are gone, and people get the taste of full authenticity, because as human beings, as spiritual beings, we have both male and female qualities, and everybody has their own unique blend unique blend, no one's the same here, of masculine and feminine qualities. So what I've done is help to identify what are masculine qualities and what are feminine qualities. Because the challenge today is as women have gone to express more of their masculine qualities, it's hard for Mm. them to come back to their feminine qualities. And as men go more to their feminine qualities, it can be hard for them to come back to their masculine qualities. So there's kind of a role reversal, there's kind of an imbalance and, and the excitement and freedom of expressing all of who we are, uh, we sort of, particularly for women, they've sort of left the feminine side to go to the masculine side, but and not able to come back to the feminine side. And when the feminine side of a woman is suppressed, it suppresses her hormones. So women's hormones are going out of balance. And when a man uh, suppresses parts of his masculine side in favor of his female side, and you can have both in balance, but it's tricky to find balance and you suppress your masculine side in favor of the feminine side, your hormones change as men. And that's the biology here that I talk a lot about in this book. New discoveries in biology are showing that for men to be stress-free, they need to have at least 10 to 30 times more testosterone than the average woman. And these are all big, huge tests which have shown, you know, when somebody's happy and healthy, if they're a man, their testosterone levels are going to be significantly higher than women's testosterone levels. And for women, their estrogen levels have to be at least 10 times higher than a man's if she's experiencing health and happiness and vitality. So this is now very measurable that we're seeing that women need certain types of behavior stimulation in their life to keep their hormones in balance, and men need certain types of behaviors to stimulate healthy testosterone levels. And that's what I've written about, and this has never been written about linking the hormonal levels of the biology to our own social behavior, to the qualities that we express in our relationships. And the reason this is so significant, and I'm so excited about this, and the work I've done with thousands of people on this, is you get such powerful results because we're using science and biology as a foundation for new relationship skills so that we can use our relationships as a way to come back into hormonal balance within ourselves. So that's sort of how relationships have changed. And if I can put it back to the first thing I said, the way relationships have changed is you mentioned in the introduction that for all of us, relationships are challenging. They're even more challenging today. Today, they're so much more challenging than just 30 years ago. There's twice as many single people in, in relationship to married couples, and the length of marriage is getting shorter and shorter. So these are the challenges that we're facing. And what's important to note is that some of the most successful, uh, successful, creative, brilliant people in the world also get divorces. And so, so this is you know, difficult for everybody. So let's, let's analyze what's going on and some practical solutions. I just uh, was uh, thinking about the the whole why it doesn't matter about the hormone, um, this hormone imbalance or 
out of balance or out of whack thing between men and women. And so if people are sitting on the sidelines kind of just thinking about that and thinking, well, it just means, you know, how healthy and vital I am. But really it means how attracted I am I to my partner and how attracted are they to me? And do they still make me um, feel like excited when they come into my presence or not? And and as a woman, I can definitely say, a career woman over the past several years, uh, that my own hormonal level or my own, um, you know, needing or feeling like I needed to be more manly or more masculine in my role as an executive coach. For example, I worked with a lot of men, almost 100% men, um, and it was just, uh, I would come home and feel completely depleted and not quite sure actually how to be a a woman again and if it was okay to be um, female. And so you habituate yourself into um, behaving and feeling and acting a certain, in certain ways ways that are socially normalized and then you know you hit certain ages and stages of life and you go wow I'd really like to just be a girl again <laughs> so, so I'm excited to hear to hear about your work John and, <laughs> and your daughter I also understand is doing some pretty important things in the world so um, uh, so just would love your take on that I love what you said. I've heard a thousand women say the same thing that you've told me. Okay, so this is, this is so many women are nodding their head, going yes, yes, yes. And what does it all mean? I mean, what's happening? So I, I approach this from the point of view of hormones because it's very—it's not psychological. It affects us psychologically hugely. Okay, but you can actually start seeing the trends of what's happening in our society of these hormones. So. What I just mentioned, I started out by mentioning that testosterone is this very key hormone in a man's body that's associated with his well-being. It's associated with his motivation, with his energy, uh, with his health. We already know that men can only have heart attacks 99% of the time if, if their <laughs> testosterone levels are significantly lower than where they should be. Okay, so low testosterone is directly linked to heart attacks for men. It's also directly linked to prostate cancer for men. It's also related to stress. Whenever a man is stressed, okay, when his body is producing chronic cortisol, his testosterone levels become depleted and they go lower and lower and lower. And when a man is romantic, when a man is energized, when a man is, has good behavior, when a man actually, when a man is being productive in a positive way, his testosterone levels are normal. They will be up. Now, the first thing we have to do is clear up the illusion or the misunderstanding that's been there in science for many years and has now been cleared up by studies at Stanford University showing that testosterone does not produce aggression in men. You see, we've always been like, oh, you know, men, you know, they have a, a too high testosterone, they're going to become aggressive. Now, there is a link, and the link is that when you, you know, the, the, the weightlifters will often take steroids, which are testosterone, and build their muscles really fast, but then they have, you know, road rage, and they can become very aggressive if the testosterone uh, uh, goes too high. So here's the dynamic here, is that actually the, the aggression, the road rage, the, the violence, all that comes only when testosterone converts into estrogen, and it's estrogen then shoots way up. It's estrogen that causes anger in men, not testosterone. So that's the first thing. I, that was such a key insight for me, because when we look at marriage, what we see is that people, men, 
when we look at the male side for a moment, you know, you, you don't have men wanting divorce unless they're feeling irritable, annoyed, angry, uh, defensive. I'll put any couple in the counseling room, and what you'll see is defensiveness, defensiveness. Well, whenever a man is becoming defensive, which means you cannot hear another person's point of view, it mm-hmm. means that blood flow in the brain is literally leaving the front part of the brain and going to the back part of the brain. Now, let me say that again. This is when a man is being defensive, he cannot hear what his partner is saying. He cannot hear another point of view because that ability to feel compassion, to feel empathy, to adjust one's behavior based upon you know, learning something new about a situation, that all comes from what we might call the leadership part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex of the brain. The back part of the brain, which is where we have our fight-or-flight center, which is twice as big in men as it is in women, when men feel threatened, like he doesn't feel appreciated, he feels he's being rejected, he feels the loss of love, he, feel, he gets argumentative. At those times when he becomes argumentative, he starts to raise his voice. What's happening biologically in his body, his testosterone levels are first starting to rise. Okay, they go higher because there's danger. And testosterone gives men faster reaction time. It strengthens the muscles. It, but it also, uh, as it's starting to rise, his first reaction is going to be cool, calm, and collected. He's going to try to analyze what's going on. When he doesn't know what to do to make the situation better, and he starts to lose his confidence, what occurs is his, his cortisol levels will start to increase. That's the stress hormone. So when stress hormone increases in men, his blood flow will stop from the front part of the brain and go to the back part of the brain. And, and this is the big part, his testosterone starts turning into estrogen. And that's where he gets angry. That's where he becomes irritable. And also at those times, whenever a man is angry, he's incapable of hearing another point of view. And that is very, very significant information for couples to understand. For example, if I start to get a little defensive with my wife, immediately we both know that if I'm getting defensive, I can't hear anything. And therefore, until I can raise my testosterone levels again and lower my estrogen levels, talking more is a waste of time. And it actually is unpredict- un- unproductive or non-productive. So this is like real insight because quite often if women don't understand this and a man's getting defensive or angry, she starts asking him more questions. And the worst thing he can do is to increase his estrogen at that time. And whenever you talk about your feelings, if you talk about feelings, estrogen levels will go up. Now, if a man has plenty of testosterone and he's peaceful and calm and not under stress, talking about feelings is a wonderful thing, creates intimacy and closeness. But if a man is in, is in the fight-or-flight mode and his testosterone is turning into estrogen, the last thing he needs to do or should do is talk about his feelings. It only increases the estrogen more and lowers his testosterone more. So understanding that makes a huge, gives a huge a shift. And why that's so important today more than ever before is that men's estrogen levels are higher than they've ever been in history. And their testosterone levels are lower. 
what we're seeing, even with boys, they're going into puberty on average two years later because of all the estrogens uh, in our environment. That also affects the boys. Uh, and also, they want to express more of their female side. They don't want to all be warriors. You know, basically, they want to be, uh, you know, uh, more in touch with their creative side. They want to follow their heart. You know, our parents, the, you know, most men today, they say, you know, I want to participate in raising my children. I don't want to just go to the coal mines. I, you know, I, I want a, a more peaceful, harmonious world. You know, I, I want to have my own life, which is not just sacrificing everything for making money. So these are all major, wonderful shifts. But at the same time, in men, it creates more estrogen when you follow your heart, when you follow your feelings. Whenever you're expressing feelings, estrogen increases. When you detach from your feelings, testosterone increases. So learning how to detach is an art form that used to be automatic to men. But in the past, it was automatic, but it also disconnected men from their female side, from their conscience, from their ability to love, from their ability to experience pleasure, from their ability to feel happy. This all comes from estrogen, but in balance with testosterone. So this is like such amazing uh, insight to recognize that our moods, our, our ways of looking at the world are it's symbiotic with our hormonal balance at that time. Yeah, no, it's really, it opens up all sorts of possibilities, I'm sure, for uh, things like, well, you know, measuring your hormonal levels. Uh, one could almost imagine, we get to talk to this when we get on the other side, I'm sure, of the show. Um, uh, you know, are there ways of actually measuring that? If you had monitoring of your hormone levels, you could tell, for example. So I'm sure you got all sorts of ideas about how you recognize these changes and what to do about them. And, and John, we will talk about this on the other side of Master Your Life. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah, that's L-E-A-H-A, at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. 
Welcome back to Master Your Life. We're joined by today's wonderful guest, Dr. John Gray. And today we're talking about his brand new release of Mars Venus called Beyond Mars and Venus. Before the break, we were talking about all the complications of estrogen and testosterone and like, what do we do with all these hormones that are kind of flying around and how it affects our relationships, uh, our intimate relationships, our relationships with our children. So picking up on kind of where we left off, John, what's happening with women in all of this? Well, that's a big, the big, big issue, which is Women's hormones are way more complex than men's. Okay, so every day her hormone, her healthy hormone balance changes. It starts with her period, where all of her hormone production dramatically drops. And then once her period is over, there's a cycle. And for her to be in a happy, fulfilled place, a centered place without stress, what's going to happen is she goes through a whole cycle of the next five days after her period. Uh, her estrogen levels will begin to rise. Now, what's associated with estrogen is feeling that you can depend on others, so there's a sense of interdependence. Whenever you're depending on someone for something, uh, there's going to be uh, estrogen gets produced. So if you're all by yourself and you're not depending on anybody for anything, I've got to do it myself, I'm in charge, I'm the leader, I've got to solve the problem, I've got a deadline, I guess up to me. Whenever you're in that situation, testosterone gets produced, and that's independent. So we all have an independent side. We all have a dependent side. These are balanced with each other. And, you know, parts of the day I'm dependent on someone. Parts of the day I'm independent. Parts of the day I'm interdependent. So both testosterone and estrogen are being produced. That's, that would be cooperation. That would be teamwork and so forth. So when we look at the hormones for women, for those first five days after their period, their estrogen levels need to be stimulated, but not that much. It's just slowly starting to rise. Also, her testosterone levels are starting to rise a little bit. So those are the very key hormones to keep her in balance at that time. Then, suddenly, after those five days, for the next five days, her estrogen levels double. And unless she feels the right stimulation to double those estrogens, she will be stressed. So in a sense, she's going to feel a greater need for dependence, relationship, interrelationship. Also, what's associated with estrogen is, is this rise of estrogen is emotions, being able to feel and express emotions, to talk out loud what's bothering you, for example, is a big estrogen stimulator. So she's going to be able to need to do that to a much greater extent. And uh, another big estrogen producer is feeling nurturing uh, in a nurturing situation. A nurturing situation would you be where people are cooperating and collaborating, where she feels supported and she's giving, giving support. So those are three of the 12 qualities I mentioned that stimulate estrogen. And since they stimulate estrogen and since... Uh, uh, Women require uh, 10 times more estrogen than men. Well, we can easily call those female qualities of being dependent, of being emotional, uh, being nurturing. These are qualities I, as a man, have, and that w- I would call my female side. So the key is, is during these next five days, five days after her period, estrogen is rising. Then for the next five days, estrogen doubles in a woman. And so now it's 20 times more than your average man. 
And it's at those times where she's going to feel a need for intimacy, a need for romance, a need for interaction, much, much greater. And this is why suddenly men will say to me for years, suddenly she changes. She says, one day everything is fine. Next day she says, we're never going out. We're never doing that. You never listen to me. I'm always doing this. I get no support. And men can't make sense of that because it's such a sudden change. But now we can start to help make sense of it and know what to do. So it's five days when estrogen doubles. That's when you need to really be up your game, men, on communication skills, on planning a date. That's when she's going to appreciate a date the most. That's when she can give you the most love. Anytime estrogen is produced, that's also when we can feel our love. See, so many couples stop feeling the love. They know they love each other. There's even whole books saying love is not a feeling. But mm-hmm. that's because those people have never felt love. You know, love is certainly a behavior that happens, you know, which is a good definition of it is wanting to support somebody. That would be loving behavior. But those kind of behaviors are not even decisions you make. They're automatic when you start feeling love. And feeling love is only available to you when your estrogen levels are rising much higher. Then you get that big burst of feeling in love. Well, that's, that's a re- rejuvenation that can happen every month uh, where you can really connect with that. Because as she feels it, then he connects with her feeling that love for him. And that raises his, both his testosterone and his estrogen at the same time. And that would be called romance. And so if you, then what happens after those five days, her estrogen levels are supposed to drop. And for the next 12 days, progesterone increases. Now, progesterone isn't dependent upon romance at all. Uh, it's dependent upon social interactions. It's dependent upon what we might call social bonding, uh, where you're with people in a social setting, or self-nurturing time. That would be, as my daughter says in, at, at our website, me time. It's taking time where you're giving to yourself. And you're not so much dependent on anybody at all, but you're dependent on you and taking time for you. And this progesterone is the major stress reducer during those 12 days. Estrogen will not lower your stress at that time. You need to have some estrogen, but not nearly as much. So this is complicated. (laughs) This is like, when do you plan romance? How do you interact? And if you don't hit those five days, which I'll call the, the, the love window, if you don't hit that, it's like missing a meal. You're going to be hungry the whole next 12 days. And you're going to be hungry for that romantic attention from a man, but his romantic attention cannot provide progesterone for you. Uh, it's, it's your social interactions that will provide progesterone. Some romance is always fine, but it's, it, estrogen is a low player during those 12 days, and then the period comes, and then the next cycle continues. Now, I know many listeners are also beyond uh, their cycling time. And how does this play out in, in post and in, in menopause and postmenopause? And it's very similar. The cycle actually continues on in a 28-day cycle with the moon. Uh, there's now research showing that when the moon is full, her estrogen levels will increase dramatically uh, at that time because with the full moon, melatonin levels drop 30%, and other studies show that when melatonin levels drop, estrogen levels spike. So there's a natural shift 
for a woman's body even after menopause where her body continues to make from the adrenal gland her estrogen and her progesterone. But at different times of the lunar cycle, she needs more progesterone or she needs more estrogen in order to regulate her stress levels. Because just for men, like when men are stressed, as I mentioned, the blood flow is not in the prefrontal cortex. The same thing for women. If women are experiencing chronic stress, then they're not able to regulate their hormones properly. Literally, cortisol itself uses up progesterone. So you can't make progesterone when your cortisol levels are elevated. So these are like really important insights to help us understand why our moods are shifting and why there's so much complication in our marriages. And then from that, we can apply new skills to support each other in finding balance. Yeah, so one of the things that occurs to me is that, um, you know, what are the variables? You, you talked about the menstrual cycle and other biological factors, but, but what are some of the other variables that might influence, you know, hormone production or depletion? Well, we did a, we did the whole show together on ADD. <laughs> That's a big, a big a big effect. I wrote about that in another book. That complicates it. But in order to uh, you know really find a workable solution, if we can just stay for a moment with massive uh, relationship skills. So these are variables that are highly significant. I'll start with one, which is listening is, you know, when a woman goes to a therapist, 90% of our time as a therapist, we're listening and we're asking questions. And by listening to a woman, as a woman is able to reveal what's going on inside of her, when you see into her, that's intimacy. When she feels safe in order to express what's inside of her. And a good therapist is able to probe and help her discover what's going on inside by asking another question. And why might that be? and what else and tell me more. These are sort of basic skills to create a safety for her to explore. And as she explores, maybe some tears come up, some confusion comes up and whatever. Uh, but the bottom line is your, your focus isn't on telling her what she should do differently in her life, solving problems for her, although maybe some of that occurs. The real transition takes place or transformation takes place because she feels someone's listening to me. She's listening to herself. She's feeling heard, and she's feeling touched. And basically, when, when a woman expresses some emotion and somebody relates to that emotion, you feel, I feel touched. You know, and there's a connection that happens. That connection is a massive estrogen stimulator. Now, it modulates through another brain chemical called oxytocin, which has become very popular today. It's hugs will produce it. That affection will produce it. Listening will produce it. But one of the reasons we see oxytocin as being very significant in keeping women's stress levels down is oxytocin also lowers testosterone. So if a woman has been in her testosterone mode, wearing her armor throughout the day on her male side, some oxytocin will actually lower her testosterone and allow her estrogen levels to begin to rise. Safety, feeling safe that you're not going to be rejected, you won't be criticized, you won't be seen as weak, you won't be seen as needy, nobody's going to put you down, nobody's going to dismiss you, nobody's going to laugh at what you're saying. If you can reveal the inner workings of your heart, in the presence of another human being, oxytocin is produced from the safety. That allows you to express more. That increases estrogen, and your stress levels go down, particularly during those 10 days in your cycle where estrogen is so important. At other times, simply discussing problems in a safe setting will also produce progesterone, 
and that will also help to lower stress. So the, these are the hormones that are at play all the time in a woman's life, and at certain times of the month, they're more significant uh, in terms of her well-being. So practically speaking, coming back to a practical note of a, mo- a modality to help women find balance, is I, understanding this, I make it a huge point to ask my wife questions and not talk so much and not interrupt with solutions. Now, that's an old, t- that's an old minute from Mars idea, which is don't interrupt with solutions. But now we add to it beyond Mars and Venus is to recognize that men today, because we're more on our female side, a woman will start to talk. We start to talk, and not just about solving her problems, but, you know, she says, oh, there was so much traffic today. And I said, you think that's bad? You know, I had to go to the tunnel, and the tunnel had a jam in it, and I couldn't even breathe air. You know, <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll tend to compete with her for who had the worst day. <laughs> Which doesn't and, necessarily lead to happiness in the bedroom, just saying. <laughs> It kills it. It kills it. Absolutely, and, you know. So, so that's that's one of the one of the um, that's one practical takeaway is is giving more emphasis on women talking more and men talking less. But men also want to talk. They're on their female side. We have a need to to express our female side. But with our wife, when she's feeling stressed, the worst thing we can ever do is talk about our feelings. And that's a very practical thing there because I remember many times in my marriage a long time ago, my wife would talk about her feelings. And I said, okay, I hear you. Now, uh, you know, is this a good time for you to listen to my feelings? <laughs> and as soon as, <laughs> as soon as I now go into And the as her eyes rolled feelings, into the back of her head... <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that again? I don't know that everybody heard it. Say it again. <laughs> and as her eyes rolled into the back of her head. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, and, and this was, I didn't have the full understanding of hormones at that time, but I remember one time when my wife talked for about 45 minutes about her feelings, and I said, now would you like to hear how I'm feeling? And it really I had counter-arguments to everything. And, and, and she said to me, well, no. <laughs> I said, what do you mean, no? <laughs> it was like, what are you talking about? That's not fair. But, you know, she said, no. And I said, well, when would be a good time? Trying to be very polite. And she says, I don't know. I'll let you know. But right now, I just want to bask in the sunshine of your love. And I was like shocked, you know, but this is because I wasn't, I didn't realize that listening to her for 45 minutes, suddenly she was feeling so much better and she just wanted to stay in that state. And, and that was a key, key aspect. And I was rather ruffled and upset, but when I watched her being happy and fulfilled, that means I was successful in doing something for her. And the key thing for men is that Whenever a man feels successful in achieving a goal, or a woman, whenever anybody feels successful in achieving a goal, testosterone levels will surge. And so for me, as testosterone goes up, then it's easy for me to detach from my feelings of frustration or disappointment or anger or my arguing wanting to come back. I could easily detach from that and come back to a more peaceful place. And so this is really counterculture again. It's beyond Mars and Venus because I'm really talking about qualities that are often been uh, put down. For example, detachment. It's like, you know, women have been saying for years, I want you in touch with your feelings, in touch with your feelings. And then, of course, once he's in touch with her feelings, she goes, too many feelings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was wrong. Stop feeling. <laughs> Stop sharing. <laughs> so, and, and, and men are confused. Men are confused. And, and 
So what I have to practice is learning how to find my detachment when things are upsetting me. And, you know, there's lots of, you know, things you can do in your mind, but there's also simply behaviors, uh, which are anything a man can do that will increase his testosterone will actually help him to detach because detachment is the key to keep his emotions from flooding because when his emotions are flooding, the estrogen levels are going up. Now, everything I'm saying, again, this is complex information. I'm not saying men should repress their emotions. What I'm saying is that men should detach when they get, quote, negative emotions. They detach, do something to increase their testosterone, then come back and say, what am I feeling? And what you'll be feeling is more positive feelings. Or if there's still negative emotions, you don't feel like you have to act on them, but you can now analyze them. So that gives rise to, you know, good forms of therapy is self-analysis, where you start analyzing, okay, why do I feel that way? What's the cause of it? And why? Go deeper into it. And ultimately express another masculine quality, a very testosterone-producing quality, is accountability. Is that when you can say, okay, now how did I contribute to this problem? When you're on estrogen side, it's always easy to see how that other person did it. But, and that is the part of us which is dependent. You know, if I'm dependent on you, then you cause something. But if I'm independent, then I cause something. So when men can quietly come back to accountability, their testosterone levels go up. This is like amazing. So I've got my list of qualities that you just have to develop as a man. You go, okay, where am I weak? Whenever I'm blaming someone, I'm in the victim place, my testosterone levels will continue to be suppressed. My estrogen levels will continue to go up. And so I have to practice detachment, finding ways to rebuild my testosterone, and then analyzing the situation with full accountability, how I could solve that problem, how I could do it differently, how I contributed to it. Then what happens is your testosterone comes back up. Then your estrogen can be at a nice place and you can find your love and find your forgiveness and find your understanding. And then you can go talk to your partner about your feelings, but mainly it's positive feelings as opposed to negative feelings. So as we go into this break um, with our, we're, I'd encourage you all to grab a calendar <laughs> to, be think, <laughs> to be thinking about if you're going to take accountability and control and, you know, uh, amp up your testosterone, have a calendar and have a chat with your partner about that whole cycle thing. And actually take a moment to write down the information that you may have at hand that could quite literally um really save your relationship, not only save it, but just elevate it to such a completely different level where people are excited about spending time together and and spending intimate time together, which I think is the holy grail of all relationships. So when we come back after the break, we'll talk with Dr. John Gray about his wonderful new book, Beyond Mars and Venus. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Do you ever look at people and wonder how they seem to have it? 
They have confidence. They live their best lives. They are magnetic. This can be you. Magnetize your presence. The art of creating charisma will help. Host Sheila Alley and her guests get you into the right frame of mind to get the most from your life and live joyfully. What will you do with your new life? Tune in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Magnetize Your Presence on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah, that's L-E-A-H-A, at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. Uh, the show that gives you insight, inspiration, and intelligence. And I'm Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my host, Leah Mattinson. Today, we're talking about Dr. with Dr. John Gray about his new book, Beyond Mars and Venus. It's just been fascinating. These first two segments have been talking about hormones and relationship to mood and communication and the changing patterns for men and women. I have to say, for that last part, as a man, I wasn't really sure that I had anything to say, partly because wasn't sure where my hormone level was. Well, I'm being a little facetious, but John, that does raise an interesting point. How do we know? I mean, perhaps we do intuitively know, but how do we know when these various hormone levels are, are changing? Okay, so the, the, the premise is if we go back to the basics that I discussed in the beginning, and I always talk that right, and, you know, I always, and, Mar, and beyond Mars and Venus, I keep coming back to this theme that what we see when we, when we go and we do hormone tests, and I, I don't, we'll get to the conclusion you don't need to take hormone tests. The tests are already there. The research is there which shows that your average man in, in a state of well-being will have 10 to 30 times more testosterone than a woman. And, and when he's out of a state of well-being, his estrogen levels will be much higher and his testosterone levels will be much lower. So we know that this is, you know, we have something, a, a measurable uh, uh, happy place, okay? So what is the happy place? What is the correct place for men when their well-being is there? And for women, it's, it's, it's literally the opposite. It's her, her estrogen levels. Uh, will be 10 times higher than a man's. Uh, her progesterone levels at other times of the month will be even more than 10 times more. At certain times of the month, her estrogen levels will be 20 times higher than a man's, uh, than an average man who's experiencing well-being. So we have this baseline of knowing that for women to be happy, they need a different set of hormones at different times. And for men to be happy, uh, they need a different set of hormones uh, from the way a woman's would be. So knowing that, then at times when you're distressed, if you're argumentative in a relationship, if you're not experiencing uh, sexual interest in a partner who you used to feel sexual interest in, attraction, if you're not feeling attracted, or you're not feeling uh, stimulated in your partner in positive ways, it's generally a sign that your hormones are out of balance. And that's a key to it. So if I'm stressed, you know, I, I know my symptoms of stress. For me, I become irritable. Whenever I'm irritable, I know at that point my, est- my testosterone is down, my estrogen is up. And ironically, let me give you an example of this. This happened just the other day. I had uh, a great physical intimacy with my wife. We had great sex. And I found myself the next day feeling a little irritable. 
And, you know, she'd be just saying stuff and whatever, and I kind of like didn't want to hear what she had to say. You know, it was just kind of grumpy, inner grumpiness. Immediately I go, okay, don't give any legitimacy to anything you're thinking right now because your hormones are out of balance. You need to take some time to do something independent, very independent. Now, for me, I just went out in the cold <laughs> and did some yard work, and that was it. I just sort of put myself against the forces of nature and bucked it up and did that, and I came back, and suddenly my mood had changed. It was simply because I knew if I'm feeling irritable and, and, and uh, not really feeling loving towards my wife, but negative emotion, it's a sign my hormones are out of balance. Now, for a woman... When she's feeling negative emotions, it's not even a necessary sign that her hormones are that out of balance. It's her body's attempt to find balance. Okay, see, when I'm getting irritable, my body's not attempting to find balance. It's when I'm wanting to go out and do yard work or go out and, you know, uh, drive my car somewhere or run errands or something. When I want to move my muscles, so to speak, uh, that's a sign my body is, is wanting to find its balance place. Well, when a woman is actually experiencing negative emotions, that's her body's attempt to find balance. And so for women, negative emotions, it's good to express them. For me, it's good to use my body and physically rebuild my testosterone. No need to express my negativity. And the more I get in the habit of expressing my negativity, it can become a, a, a negative pattern that men go out of balance with. They, they get used to complaining out loud. Uh, and it actually becomes a loop because when, when men's estrogen levels spike, that's a complaint, it does increase dopamine, kind of like a, eating a little bit of chocolate or something. And so you can get addicted to it. And so I'll, I'll mention this. I'm taking a sidetrack for a moment. But there's a study done at UCLA showing that parents who have lost a child and are depressed the rest of their lives instead of being able to heal the heart and come back to feeling happy in your life again, uh, they just can't get over it, just can't get over it. When they couldn't get over it, they did MRI scans, and they found that the same part of the brain that gets stimulated by heroin gets stimulated by thinking about their children. And, and so you can get addicted to negative emotions. Uh, and so, because they do produce endorphins, they do produce dopamine, and the brain can get addicted to it. So we can get addicted to being out of balance. And like women are addicted, generally speaking today, as a kind of a casual statement, there's a, women have an addiction to worrying and thinking about too many things and not taking care of themselves. And I've heard this over and over from women. You know, I'm so busy. I have so much to do for other people. I have no time for me. Now, you don't hear a lot of men saying that. <laughs> this is a, more of a female thing because when their hormones are out of balance, when their estrogen levels are low, What's happening is their body's trying to find some balance by being nurturing to others. But when estrogen is low and they're on their male side, their testosterone is higher. So they feel, I have to solve this problem. I have to solve that problem because testosterone wants to solve problems. So she's busy solving all these problems rather than nurturing herself. So this takes a deliberate awareness for a woman to get that when she's overwhelmed, that's a signal. We need to know these signals, our hormones are out of balance. That's what you're talking about at the beginning of this segment, is what are the signals? How do we know our hormones are out of balance? When women are overwhelmed, that's a sign that you're too far on your male side. You have to come back to your female side. And generally, if it's the first part of your cycle, you want more interaction in what's called pair bonding, which would be with a romantic partner, or you need to go talk to a therapist or go talk to somebody who knows something you don't. That's called pair bonding, 
where you're dependent on someone for something. That increases estrogen the most. In the second part of her cycle, she needs to do more social bonding. That's where you're not depending on someone for something that you can't give yourself, but it's more on an equal level. That produces progesterone. Or do something for yourself. That produces progesterone. But you have to make a decision that, you know what, I'm out of balance. I need to do this, even though I don't feel like doing it. I feel like I have to do all these other things. That word, I have to, is a testosterone stimulator. The word, I want to, is an estrogen stimulator. The word, I love to, you know, I, I, I have to pick up my kids today. I mean, you're in a hurry. Then immediately ask yourself, why do I have to pick them up? Well, I want them to, you know, not have to be there alone. And why do you want them to not be there alone? Because you love them. So feel the love and feel like, okay, so do I have to go? Yes, but I also love to go. I want to go because I love my kids. Try to bring back some of the messages that come from estrogen, and your estrogen levels start to rise again. And you're doing things in your day because I love to do it, because I want to do it, not just because I have to do it. So... Is it too simplistic to say that, you know, as a guy, if I'm feeling a little antisocial and and grumpy and I really don't want to talk to too many people, that a good thing to do would be to recognize, hey, I need some downtime, I need to go do things, something about myself, perhaps I need to go work out or something like that, and just recognize that's a hormonal change? Uh, It's not too simplistic at all. I will be criticized, as I was with Men Are From Mars, for simplifying things. (laughs) But but it's not, in my opinion, it works. It's not simplistic. What's complicated about it is different things for different men will cause their testosterone levels to rise again. For example, for me, because I, you know, there's different temperaments in people. Some men are biologically, genetically designed to have more muscle mass. So for those men, using their muscles will be a major source of testosterone stimulation for them. So that will be their antidote for it. I'm more of the tendency to be more the creative type. I mean, I've written books on the different types, but the creative types, we live in our minds more. So what, what, you know, basically what I have learned to do, which for many people is a tremendous way of rebuilding your testosterone, is to meditate. If you look at for thousands of years, meditation was primarily taught to men. Why? Because meditation is a major stress reducer. It will calm the mind, quiet the mind once you learn how to do it. And it takes practice to learn. All this stuff takes practice to learn what will work for your body to make more testosterone. So for me, it was to go meditate, quiet my mind, but I'm very good at it. I spent, you know, for the last 45 years doing it uh, every day. I meditate, and that's becoming very popular today as well because people are seeing it lowers stress. So anything that lowers stress in a man means stress is, when they say you're stressed, it's a hormone. Cortisol is being produced, and we know now that cortisol is produced. When it's being produced, it will inhibit normal hormone production of other hormones. Literally, when cortisol is produced, the substrate of what makes your hormones is being used up to make the cortisol. So stress will throw your hormones out of balance. And by doing certain behaviors that will stimulate the right balance of hormones in you, that will bring your cortisol levels back down again and you go into balance. So again, it's a bi-directional thing. When you're stressed, 
something happens, your hormones go out of balance, okay? Now you can use your mind to make certain choices to do behaviors that will stimulate estrogen or testosterone, and then the cortisol levels will start to go down again. So and for, for women, me, cortisol is a particularly not nice thing also. Maybe for women, as soon as you have cortisol, you can't make progesterone. This is why PMS is such a big thing for young women today. It's just a big, big problem. Most suicides take place in girls in the four days uh, before, three days before uh, her period is when most suicides take place because... You, you need progesterone for those 12 days after ovulation. And if you don't have that progesterone in your body being made, and when your body is stressed, if, there's, if, you're, urge, if, you're, you know, if you're stressed out about something, basically your cortisol levels are being produced. They're there to protect you from danger, okay? So your body will sacrifice progesterone. It uses up the progesterone to make cortisol. So this is a great big vulnerability that girls have, which is during their period or before their period, they become very, very hormonally imbalanced for them. And stress is a big deal. And one of the major ways to lower stress, lower cortisol, is to consciously be aware of what activities I can do that will begin to stimulate the right hormones for me. And for men, it's much simpler. You just have to go and do those things which produce testosterone. Now, then there are certain things that produce testosterone but result in high estrogen, and that would be masturbation, uh, looking at porn, will give you a shot of testosterone. You'll feel good right away, and then afterwards your testosterone levels dramatically drop and your estrogen levels significantly increase. So this is what we have going on with boys today, which is an addiction to porn. Uh, what you want to do is something physical for some kids, something like meditation or creativity or read a book, uh, which would also, for you know, action-type book, adventure book or whatever, or a study, solving problems. You know, for some people, literally just doing algebra problems will increase your testosterone and lower your stress. But we, what we want to do for men is to know anything that allows you to detach Martial arts was a big place in my life as well, which helped me to always go to my masculine side. Cool, calm, and collected, uh, being in control, doing your exercises. Tai Chi is another thing for certain body types. So going for a drive in your car is a good thing to increase your testosterone. Your life is in danger when you're driving a car, even if you don't feel it. You have to be very alert, and that also raises your testosterone. Yeah, no, just fascinating. Thanks. It is very fascinating. So to find your body type, what are those things? And, you know, we we have, you know, out there books and books on how to lower stress. For some people, it's Mm -hmm. doing Tai Chi. For some people, it's meditation. What I'm doing is simplifying it down to, uh, from a meta point of view, it's basically what you're doing to stimulate a certain hormone. And it comes back down to whenever men are stressed, their testosterone levels are going to be converting into estrogen or their testosterone levels are just too low. So either one of those two things is going to be men being stressed. And for women, it's when their progesterone levels are too low or their estrogen levels are too low, they're going to be stressed out. And talking about feelings, expressing feelings, in a sense, complaining is a major estrogen producer. This is why women can get addicted to complaining. The problem is it pushes men away. So one of the practical takeaways, and that's what I do, I bring up these dynamics, and then what's the practical takeaway is for couples to understand that, you know, women need to complain. 
and it will make them feel better. And men don't want you complaining about them. Otherwise, men's testosterone levels go low. So how do you solve it? Well, new relationship skill. Practice complaining about things that have nothing to do with your husband. And so you come home and you say, I just need 10 minutes. I want to talk about what happened today. And even though it feels really awkward, give yourself permission to talk about all the little things that are bothering you about your job or about your neighborhood or about your friends, the kind of things you would often go to a girlfriend and talk about. But say to your husband, just for five or 10 minutes, I want to do this. And always end on positive notes about how much you love your job, how much you like your friends, the good things that are going on, and thank him for listening. And with some practice, you'll find that you'll feel so much better, and he'll feel like he's just done something to make you happier, because that's what men want, is to feel they've contributed to a woman's happiness, and biologically, why that's so much more important to men is that it's about success. Anything you do as a man that makes you feel successful is a bump in testosterone. So, you know, we practice it like a meditation, like I'll meditate to empty my mind. My wife does her meditation, which is to share the subtleties of the stresses that are going on in her life, which are different from me. (laughs) Then I can hear it without getting defensive. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I mean, it, it reminded of the old joke, no doubt experience, you know, if my wife asked me how my day was, I'd say, oh, it's fine. How was your day? And, you know, 25 minutes later, um, you know, she's told me every aspect of the day, you know. So, now, now, but see, that's yeah. the old-fashioned relationship, making a transition. Yep. But modern women are so far on their male side, you ask her, how's your day? She's too busy to talk about her day. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no it's, it's really fascinating. And it really, I think, I'm sure in your book, you get into what this means in terms of relationship skills that could make all the difference. Understanding this could make a critical difference in your relationship. I'm sure you find that, right? Oh, that's that. the whole point of this is once you absorb this new information, then you see practical takeaways from it. And not only some of the practical takeaways are some of the same, same things I said in Minute from Mars, but now they even have more relevance and they make sense even more because we didn't have this understanding back then. But another key one is the importance of little things. You know, I talked about it in Minute from Mars as scoring points with the opposite sex, which is for women doing lots of little things consistently. Little things is what they appreciate just as much as the big things. You know, big anniversary party, okay, great. But that wears away very quickly. It's the little things that make women feel loved on a consistent basis. Well, now we know that little expressions of love compared to big expressions of love produce the same amount of oxytocin. <laughs> so I can bring her 24 flowers, she'll get a surge of oxytocin. I can bring her one flower, she'll get the same surge of oxytocin. And why women need more oxytocin today than ever before is because they're so far on their male side. Oxytocin is a hormone that allows a woman to feel safe. And when a woman feels safe and not rushed and comfortable, then she doesn't have to make the testosterone as much, and her estrogen levels can start rising again. And so oxytocin is very, very significant, more significant today than ever before because it's the antidote to help bring women back to their female side where they can then freely express what's going on inside. But they also need more permission to dig deeper into their emotions than ever before. And that's why, again, therapy has become a huge industry. It's so helpful, particularly to women. It can be helpful to men to solve problems. And, less, and, and if a man has a big emotional issue, a big loss, it can be very helpful to talk about that. Because okay, when, his well, estrog- anyway, when his estrogen levels are really high, talking in therapy, therapeutic situation can be very helpful for men as well. Just want to make well, sure I say that. 
Great, great information, all available in Beyond Mars and Venus. The book, I'm sure, is available everywhere. Thank you so much, John, for being on our show today. As always, it's a delight. Hope we catch you some other time on Master Your Life. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life. 